a look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powell. Thank you, Steve Carney, for the fine introduction into our Week 12 edition of the College Football, Florida Football Insiders Podcast, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. Hope you're having a great week so far. Uh, We've got uh, a good episode for you this week. We've got a couple cool, awesome guests we've already got booked for next week. We'll tell you about that in just a couple of minutes. But before we get to uh, next week's issue, let's edition. Let's talk about this week's edition. The uh, Florida Football Insiders podcast is brought to you by Beefo Brady's here in Tampa at the corner of Bush Boulevard, Himes Avenue. Uh, for all of your sports viewing pleasures throughout the, the the sporting week, whether it's Monday night, Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, a Tuesday night. If you're a hockey fan, basketball fan, obviously football fan, we got the World Cup starting next week. Beefo Brady's is your place to go. Excellent food, wide variety on the menu, great dining options for your kids. Great place to take the kids and the family after a ball game, whether it's a youth game, whether it's a high school game, whatever. Beefo Brady's is a fantastic uh, outlet for you. Sports bar here in the uh, Tampa Bay area. Go see my guy TJ Maloof over uh, at the Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue exit. Uh, ex- excuse me, intersection, not exit. But uh, yeah, uh, Florida Football Insiders podcast. Coach Jim Levitt's going to join us this week. We're going to break down lots of different things. We're going to break down some things in the uh, in the state of Florida. Obviously, we got uh, the state of Florida teams went five and two this week. The only two teams losing were USF, who went down to SMU, and FIU, who lost to FAU in their in their annual rivalry game. So. State of Florida went 5-2. and two. Again, big win for UCF in the AAC going to Tulane. Uh, they're two wins away from the AAC championship game and probably hosting that game. You got a nice win out of Florida State, Florida, Miami with a nice win on the road. Uh, and so uh, things are looking up. A good good week for the state of Florida here uh, in the college football world. Again, Coach and I are going to talk about lots of different topics. We're going to talk about the Oregon uh, scenario last week, how Dan Lanning went for it on fourth and one at his own 34 we're going to talk uh, scenarios with uh, the college football playoff, the, the new poll, the new rankings came out this week. Not much change at the top. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU 4. We're going to talk about TCU's big win in Austin over the weekend as well with Coach. Tennessee 5, LSU 6, USC 7. So we're going to talk about some scenarios there. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Jeff Saturday taking over as an interim coach as well. We also have Daniel DePrada in his first game as interim coach at USF. Just talk about some of the challenges of being an interim coach, things you have to get used to. We're also going to hit on some wild doings in the national football. You saw the Minnesota Buffalo game, the wild ending there with the fumble on the goal line. We're going to talk about, coach is going to talk about a goal line play. How do you get the ball off your own goal line and such and things like that. So great episode Great chat with uh, Coach Levitt coming up. Next week's 
podcast Thanksgiving week. We'll have Coach Levitt back here again. We're going to have a lot of rivalry games. Got the Florida-Florida State game next week. Got UCF-Central Florida in the battle for I-4 again next week. So two big rivalry games here in the state. Lots of rivalry games all over the country, so we'll get into those things. And we're also going to have the new voices of the Seminoles and the Florida Gators, both guys taking over for legends, Gene Deckerhoff and Mick Hubert. We're going to have Jeff Colhane, the new voice of the Seminoles, and we're going to have Sean Kelly, the new voice of the Florida Gators. So I think you'll really enjoy our, our chat with them, talking about their uh, new opportunities here in the state of Florida, taking over for legendary announcers and putting their own flavor and style on the broadcast and covering their teams as we head, they head into their first Florida and Florida State rivalry game. So great uh, episode coming for you next week there. So again, Florida Football Insiders, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Again, if you're looking for college football coverage from all over the country, I d- highly recommend going to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. We cover the the Southeast, we cover the Midwest, we're covering stuff out in Pac-12, the Big 12. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're looking for some good talk on the college football playoff in depth, join, go to my Powers on Sports podcast. I'm going to have Matt Zemek, who's the the editor for USA Today's Trojan Wire. He covers all things USC Trojans as well as the Pac-12. He is a national, he covers college football on a national basis as well. We're going to have a very spirited conversation about the playoff. A lot of what-if scenarios. If these teams lose, what happens? If these teams win, what happens? So check out my Powers on Sports podcast for that that good interview that we're going to have with Matt um, concerning the college football playoff. Remember, you can always go to my YouTube channel, Jason Power Sports Channel on YouTube to, to see the video interviews with myself and Coach Levitt, myself and Matt Zemick, all of our past interviews with Coach Levitt and all of our past interviews with all of our guests and all the different podcasts that I'm involved with. So definitely check that out. And again, subscribe to the, to the uh, YouTube channel as well. So enjoy Coach Levitt. I think you will. And appreciate the support. And thanks to our sponsors, Beefo Brady's, Titan Home Lending, uh, Home Slice Pizza Company, Hank's Barbecue, Print and, De- Print and Marketing Solutions, and our realtor, Star Alvarado. So enjoy the podcast. Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's. Beefo Brady's at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa in the Carrollwood and Forest Hills area. For all of your football, baseball, basketball, hockey, viewing pleasures, check out Beefo Brady's. Every day of the week they're open. Whether you're wanting to watch games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, your favorite hockey team, your favorite college basketball team, NBA team, check out Beefo Brady's. If you're looking for any catering needs, corporate events, things like that, Beefo Brady's can help you as well. They do all the things you need to be done in the restaurant and sports bar business. So Beefo Brady's, corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Enjoy the podcast. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. 
and print and marketing solutions. My guy, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs. Corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Hey, guys and girls, with the college football season getting to the holidays here in November and December, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and here in the Florida Football Insiders Podcast, as well as the Powers on Sports Podcast. You'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you'll get an additional $125 to play with. $200, you'll get $250 to play with, and so on and so forth. BetUS also has all the NFL, World Cup, NHL, NBA, and even college basketball that's about to tip off here in the holiday season, as well as almost any other sport you can think of. But we all know you are college football fans at heart, as well as NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST. 22 bet us you bet you win and you get paid college football fans we know that the season is winding down bowl games are in the near future as well as the college football playoff and we know you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices take advantage of ticket smarter and their mobile app ticket smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner with the best selection of college football tickets. Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with Ticket Smarter's mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. In addition, we've got an additional offer for you for those of you that are listening as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just for a one-time use. You can use it as many times as you'd like during the college football season to see the biggest games left to be played. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. All right, welcome back, Florida Football Insiders. It's time again. Once again, we are in – Coach, can you believe we are in week 12 already? <laughs> and it's flying by. I promise you, it's flying by. And, and uh, I'm missing it. I know that, but Man. it's fun to watch. We are in, yep, week 12, uh, Florida Football Insiders coaching the kicker segment, brought to you by Beefo Brady's over on Bush and Himes. 
Uh, definitely check out Beefs for all your uh, sports watching entertainment. We were over at Beefs Coach on Saturday. We did a little pregame show from two to three. We were doing some real time updates and had some a couple guests on and all that stuff. And so, uh, weekend good, Coach. Oh, it's it's uh, it's all good. Yeah, the, the the girls and I went out to uh, went out to the beach, threw the football a little bit. I saw yeah. I saw a little picture on social media. You guys had a little late afternoon at the beach. Yeah, and uh, you know, a little volleyball now they're into that and all of that. So uh my girls are awesome. They're the best. That is the beauty of Florida, the middle of November, and you can go to the beach on a Saturday afternoon. All right. Oh, there's no doubt. And it's uh the weather was was beautiful and you know, like it always is here. Absolutely. All right, we had a pretty successful day on the on the football field here in the state of Florida. The Florida teams went five and two. One of the Florida teams, FAU, beat another one, FIU. So two played each other. And the other, the only other loss was South Florida losing 41-23 to SMU. Coach DePrada's first game as the interim coach. Uh, just your general thoughts about the state of Florida. Any of the games stick out to you? Well, I thought FAU would beat FIU bad because I was at FAU for one season. And, and that rivalry, you know, there's not like the Auburn-Alabama or things <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? But. It's uh, FAU's definitely got, you know, is a leg up on FIU. FIU's just not very good. And, and, uh, but, you know, Mike McIntyre's going in there and surprised me, to be honest with you. He's won a few games that I didn't think he would. Uh, you know, so, I mean, both teams, I think we're four and five going into the game. Yep. And, uh, so now FAU is five and five. They, they need, they needed that one. And they've got a wet, um, They've got Western Kentucky. They got Middle Tennessee at Middle Tennessee, and then they play Western Kentucky. This game at Middle Tennessee is huge for them because you know Middle Tennessee obviously beat the dog out of Miami right uh, earlier in the year, and so you don't know what Middle Tennessee has. But if they beat uh, you know FAU, then FAU's got to beat Western Kentucky to even be bowl eligible. And FIU's not going to get there. We know that, and. Uh, you know, South Florida uh, played really well, tied up at halftime, and yeah, thought that was. Um, you know, I, I was surprised that SMU just kept going for it on fourth down and didn't get a bunch of them, and that had kept. Uh, and and good for South Florida, they kept them in the game. They they tied it up and uh, had a little bit of energy, and uh, but you know, SMU's just you know too good, and the defense was just very poor again for South Florida. We all know that, and uh, you're not going to build a program if you don't build your defense. You know, you got to do that and. You know, we always had great defenses through all the years and, and always fortunate had good quarterbacks. So uh, they got to build their defense. We know that. And Florida State got mm-hmm. after Syracuse. I, I was a little surprised they beat them that bad. Yeah. But, man, uh, you got to give Florida State some credit. They're really uh, – They're coming they're really on. They're coming tight. on. Yep. They really are. And that big game with uh, Florida is looming. You know, that's, that's going to come here soon. Uh, Miami got a win. You know, uh, which is good for them. Um, and not a lot of people thought. Not, I mean, they were an under. I mean, I hate at the point spread wise, they were an underdog, one or two point underdog. Which, if you'd have said that ten weeks ago against Georgia Tech, you'd have had to have your head examined. But I mean, they were an underdog, and give them credit, they went in there and won the game convincingly. Right. You know, and uh, they, uh, and then you know, uh, Florida. You know. Yep. That was that was awfully good for them, and so they they had a. Uh, that was a big, big win for them. So they're, they're now bowl eligible at six and four. So they're gonna they'll be bowl eligible. They would be a candidate 
you know, potentially to come down here for the Gasparilla Bowl here, you area in a bowl game, you know a little bit about him down here in Tampa. So that might be an opportunity maybe for the Gators, you know, for the local crowd to see the Gators again here late, later in December. Sure. It's a, but, you know, so and it's Central Florida. We're going to talk uh, about that. Yep. What a game. I didn't see the game, uh, but Tulane has been playing really good defense and Central Florida put up some points, you know, so I don't know who Central Florida has this week. I know they played South Florida the last game. They got Navy, Na- Navy in South Florida. Interesting. Navy. You know where that game is at, the Navy game. When right. I was at FU, we went to Navy and played there, and I was really concerned. We ended up playing really, really well and, and beating them pretty good. And defensively, we played well. Yep. Uh, and it's it's such a, an incredible – I had a chance to play at Army and at Navy, and that's really neat. I mean, those, those are, uh, I was going to play at air force when I was at South Florida, but you know, that game didn't materialize. Yeah. Uh, so at, they were, they're great experiences when you win, you know, <laughs> when you win. So it'd be interesting. I mean, Navy, I mean, at Notre Dame game, yep. but 45, 42, 30, yeah. so it needs to be careful. And, um, depending on where they're playing at, especially, I Is think that, it's in Orlando. I think that game's in Orlando. That'll be a good, that that could be a real good game. You know, you just don't know with Navy. You just they they they're you know those guys fight. They never give up. You know those are those are qualities that you want you want in the team. So, yep, Central Florida. So Central Florida's big dilemma. They again, I watched a decent amount of that game. They came out really fast in the first quarter. They jumped out. Tw- it was I think it was seventeen to seven quick. 24-7, Tulane came back a little bit. But, again, they, the, the to me, the interesting question for, for Central Florida was, which quarterback were they going to play? Because the backup had been playing the last couple of weeks. Plumlee came back and played the whole game, played really well. Ran They really ran the ball really well against Tulane. Tulane had the number one defense in the conference. They really ran the ball. Gus Malzahn and company, they ran the ball really well against Tulane in New Orleans. Well, I, I tell you, Central Florida, that the scheme is is uh, is really good. I, you know, I was a defense coordinator at SMU last year and played Central Florida. We ended up beating them, yep. and we won that game good. But let me tell you something: any time that that uh, you know they they're explosive as can be, and uh, you know every every time when I was, you know, the calls we were making and all that, it was, you know, I was concerned, you know. But right. our guys. You know, we we got after them. So, you know, it was the fifth time that I've lined up against Central Florida. And fortunately, won them all. (laughs) That's a little dig, but, you know, uh, UCF now is going on to the Big 12, and good for them. I want to ask you a couple of coaching questions about the mechanics of, of being a head coach. You had two guys. You had one in the NFL, one in college. Jeff Saturday with the Colts and Coach DePrado at USF. One week notice that they're going to be the interim coach for the rest of the year kind of deal. Talk about the the differences on field, game day, in, in on the field, the communications that you're having to manage, listening to the offensive coaches, listening to defensive coaches, listening to suggestions, handling the, the game management of the, of the operation of the game. Talk about some of those things that go into when you've never been the head coach before, and in both these cases, they've never been a head coach, period, at all in any of their career. Well, you lean on the, you lean on your coordinators. Okay. You know, 
I mean, you know, you you go through the week and the offense coordinator is going to do what he needs to do. And those guys are usually, especially in the NFL, they're in their own world. You know, the offense coordinator and defense coordinator, special team coordinator, they're doing their things. There shouldn't be any <clears throat> hiccups at all there. You know, um, Saturday is played and he's awfully good player and he's just going to, you know, lead the team and, and uh, just stay positive with those guys, you know, and, you know, that, that, uh, that shouldn't be difficult in NFL. I wouldn't think, you know, I mean, it's nothing's easy when you lose head coach and all that, but it's just a little bit different in NFL. Those guys are pros and those guys want to get paid, you right. know, uh, in college, it can be a little bit more dicey, especially South Florida because they, they let go of their defense coordinator. Right. But so you had a, you had a, you know, Sims had, I don't know if he's ever done anything like that. Right. Got Prado, who's he hasn't done anything like that. So that's a little bit tougher on the defense, you know. And and uh, as far as making that, suggestions about things, do you think DePrado was in a situation where he'd say, "Hey, it's hey, let's run the ball here. Hey, what do you think of a blitz here? Hey, what do you think of you know? The, what about those kind of mechanics that go into communicating with your assistants?" Well, you know, he he may, you know, but he won't do anything in in depth because he doesn't know it, right? You know got to lean on on Ernst Sims and he's got to learn how do you learn that stuff how do you learn those skills if you've never been a head coach is it just going through it for a period of time that you learn it how do you or do you or do some people just have it compared to other people it's 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 an innate ability that you have it to manage the situation I think some of it's just some people have it you know I mean when I was and and when I look back in my background of course I've been in coaching for a long time you know been over 40 years and you know, when I look back on, even when I was assistant, I always thought as a head coach. I always thought if I was head coach, this is what I was going to do. And and to be honest with you, when I took the head job at South Florida, to me, it was very natural for me. I, it was like I'd always been a head coach. And and I and I, I don't, I don't say that in a um, boastful way. I really sure. don't. Sure. Uh, I say that being honest. I. I just always, it was not, there was no transition for me other than, you know, making sure the practice plans were right and making right. sure that I had, uh, you know, people that were, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of administrative type things, you know, that, that I had to do. Liaisons with the School of Education, liaisons with School right. of Business, all those type of things. As far as game management, fundraisers and boosters, stuff like that, those kind of duties that you had to do that you didn't normally have to do as an assistant. Yeah, but as far as the game, you know, I I um I was involved with offense only to you know whether we we're going to kick the fugle or not, or okay. you know going to go for it or not, and those type of things. But I trusted our offense coordinators, and you know, and and that's their job, and you know, hopefully you hire well, and those guys, and you watch through the week, you know, and things are not going like you want, you know, that's, you have your meetings during the week, but when the game goes, you know, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to call it. Now, defensively, I called it the first okay. four or five years of Florida. And I just called the defense, but it got to a point where I just, it was getting so big and we were moving so fast that I had to get Rick Kravitz to really take over in the West Kentucky game. And he did a great job. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And then I hired Wally Burnham, who was tremendous. And then Rick and Wally ran it. And then Rick, left to go to NC state and Wally took over. And, uh, you know, I had, I had great defense coordinators. I had really good offense coordinators, you know, 
those guys just take get because we were winning games. Those guys took jobs. They could took jobs that paid a lot more money. But you know, I I was through, through the week. You know, we met a lot. You know, with both staffs, and so I I had a real good idea what was going to go on. But those guys called it and did a great job. I ended up doing special teams right. the last five. I ran all special teams the last five years. All right, I'm going to ask you about another coaching decision. Number six or seven team in the country, Oregon's in a barn burner. You, we talked about this rivalry game last week with Washington. They're in a I think it's I think it was 27, 27 or 31, 31. Two minutes to go in the game. Backup quarterbacks in the game. Patrick Nix had been nicked up for a little bit. It hurt his ankle. Fourth and one on their own 34-yard line. And Dan Lanning, first-year head coach, decides to go for it on his own 34-yard line on fourth and one in a tie game. You're the number six or seven team in the country. Have all the have all your season to play for. They don't make it. Washington goes down and kicks a game-winning field goal. I got to ask as a fan, I'm just a fan here, how do you put your whole season on the line, fourth and one on your own 34-yard line in a tie game? Well, it was a tough decision. You know, it was Bo Nix, right? That was – Oh, sorry, you're right, Bo Nix, not Patrick's that, dad. That was sorry. out. That, you know, that that would concern me a little bit. Well, one big thing, and I didn't see that particular play, but, you know, one thing that I always went on is I always looked at was it a full yard or was it less than a yard? That was right. a big deal to me. If it was a half a yard, I'd be more apt to go for it. Okay. Uh, if it was a full yard, I probably wouldn't have. And I don't, I don't remember if it was a full yard or not. Uh, either way, you know, in that situation, certainly they, if they did over again, they wouldn't have done that because they didn't make it. And they, they felt like they wanted to, you know, put the game on the line with the offense because they just, he just was confident they would get that, that yard. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, when you're on your own, 34, 34. And he said later on, he wishes he wouldn't have done it. And uh, he said it was all on him and made that decision. And those are decisions that you live with for the rest of your life, to be honest with you. I mean, those, those are, I know people say it's only a game. Well, it's not. No, <laughs> it's, I mean, because Oregon, Oregon legitimately, if they went, if they would have won the rest of their games, they'd have had a legitimate gripe or argument to be in the final four. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And um, and Washington was such a big rival when I was there. Of course, I was a defense coordinator at Oregon for two years. And uh, we lost at Washington. The one time we beat Washington at home, the, the two times we faced them. Uh, they, they were huge games and loved them. I loved playing those games because I love it when the stakes are high like that. Right. I love it on the line. I, I just do, you know, and – I used to enjoy those games more than any of them. You know, I get all amped up before the game, but, but the point is this, you got to make a decision. And again, boy, that's a tough call, you know, where it's at. And uh, again, I didn't see the yard, so it's hard to see. And the running back slipped on the play. He fell down in the backfield on the handoff. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm all, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest analytics guy there is, but I mean, I understand the analytics say to go for it, those, those kind of things, but, you have to sometimes you have to realize the moment of the game and the flow of the game. I mean, fourth and one against your season. I mean, I know that I know the Washington offense was moving the ball pretty good, but you still have to have confidence that, that you have to make you have to make Washington earn it. By not making it, you're not making Washington earn it on offense. With three minutes to go in a game? Two, less than two, like a minute okay. fifty. And it's tie game. Tie game. 
backup quarterback in the game. Yeah, you know, I I would have, of course, yeah, I can say this now because I wasn't there, but you know, I would have punted that unless it was maybe an inch. I might have gone yeah. quarterback, but um, I would have punted one because it's a home game. Yes, I, crowd behind us, we're going to go to possibly overtime. Um, but he might have just felt like that was too much time on the clock and didn't feel like he could. Um, and he's a defensive know. guy. He's a defensive guy, too. That's the other amazing part is he came from the Kirby Smart, Georgia. He's a defensive coach. Yeah, but they make it. Nobody says a word. They might go down and get kicked the field and win. You know, it's a tough decision, I guess. You know, I mean, I understand the decision because, you know, Washington was strong offensively. They were scoring points, and he didn't want to take the ball out of, out of the hands of his team. So, I mean, I see the argument for it. I yep. really do. Yep. Again, I don't know if it was a full yard or less than a yard. Right. That that's really important to me to know that. Uh, that's a big that that's a big deal. How how much of a yard it is. And let's let's give a shout out to to Michael Penix, the quarterback from Washington. He's a Tampa kid. He went to Tampa Bay Tech. So big shout. He's had a really good year out at Washington. Kalen DeBoer. Do you know Coach DeBoer at all, or do you know Coach DeBoer? No, but a little bit of trivia. Ronnie McKeefrey was my strength coach at South Florida for nine years. Okay. Great coach, great person. He is a strength coach at Washington. So uh, so I, I keep up a little bit Washington just because of Ronnie. Yep. And um, he's a, it's great to see uh, what he's done because, you know, when I moved on from South Florida, he didn't stay long and he ended up in Tennessee and then he did some things for the military and he's just really, really good at what he does. That's a sneaky sleeping giant out University of Washington. What a great program over the years with Coach James, Chris Peterson, Kalen DeBoer's kind of re-energized that program. They had some few down years, but, man, that Washington program, they can be a powerhouse out west. Oh, and playing there is hard. Let me tell you something. It's unbelievable, the mystique and the setting. You know, they're right on the water. People can come in with these seaplanes and uh, come to the games that way and the boats. It's it's. It's surreal. I thought I think it's one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been. And I, uh, you know, I, it's, I mean, the head coach of Texas, Sark, he, uh, I flew out there and met with him. Yeah. Um, he was head coach at Washington just about when I was head coach at South Florida. And I just wanted to visit with him about his days at USC, their practice schedule, how they went about things. Cause I thought USC won all those national championships and what Pete Carroll did. Right. And, so I, uh, I was on my wife and I were on the way to Vancouver. So I said I'll go there, but only if I could stop in Washington for a day and uh, <laughs> spend some time with Sark and and uh, and and his D coordinator at the time. And Sark and I ended up spending the whole day together uh, talking about just practice schedules and and how they went about business. And and it really was invaluable for me and helped me a lot. What'd you learn? Oh, just how to set up the practice and shorten down the practice and speed it up and and uh, have the number one offense go against number two defense and vice versa. And uh, because the speed of the game in practice is uh, is more important than than going against scouts that don't run as fast and do things as okay. quickly. Okay. And uh, and the defense, they, they have all the defenses. You, you run a similar defenses within your scheme that is like the team that you're about to face and okay. same thing offensively run a number of plays, get the thesis of the plays with speed. 
and use speed a lot. And I did that, and it was very good. Practices were, were cut shorter. The guys were very tired because of the, the high pace and intensity we went at was extreme. <laughs> and yeah. and um, so it was, it was a, that's, that's the, um, you know, that's kind of what I, what I got out of it. When you guys as coaches talk to each other and other programs, is it how cool? I mean, how itch, it's interesting. I always, you always hear this when, when guys are either out of coaching or, or in the off season, Hey, I'm going to go call so-and-so coach that I know, and I'm going to go spend an afternoon with them. How, how do those dynamics occur when a guy calls you out of the blue? Hey, Coach Levin, I'd love to come down to USF or wherever you're at. Hey, I'd love to pick your brain about your defensive schemes. How does that – do you like that as a fraternity of coaches? Is that a pretty cool thing? Oh, it is, and, and you want to give information out as long as it's not somebody's in your conference and those things. You know, when Old Dominion started their program, their head coach flew down and spent two days with me. And, uh, and I gave him a lot of information about how to build a program. Yep. And, uh, and then he wanted all the, you know, I have a bunch of books and things, but I wouldn't give him those things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, I said, listen, anything that you, you know, I'm going to share with you what you need to know. And he ended up being very successful. And I, you know, he was going to be successful in his own right, but I, I never forget that. And then also when they started the program at Georgia state, same thing happened. Bill Curry called me as we spent yep. a bunch of time and then Kennesaw state. Yep. Uh, when I was uh, in between the NFL and South Florida, they flew me up there and I spent a bunch of time with Kennesaw about starting their program and kind of how to go about it. So I was able to do that uh, a number of times. And, you know, I, I enjoyed that because I really thought uh, what we did with uh, Paul Griffin and, you know, at the AD and, all of us, and, and certainly it's all about people, and it was a lot of people that, that built South Florida. It wasn't one person by any means. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed sharing a lot of that because I felt like what we did was was kind of special. You did. You know, and, and, uh, and done a certain way that uh, was unlike, you know, other places. And uh, uh, and certainly the relationship with me and Paul was, was so good that that always helps. You have to align. Uh, with your athletic director and your president and with everybody else. Uh, you have to, you have to have a fabric that's, uh, that's binding. Everybody's got to be pulling in the same direction. Really do. And that doesn't happen a lot of times. You have to be servants to each other. You know, I always said the greatest leaders are, are the greatest servants. And if you want to learn to be a leader, you better learn to serve. And, you know, and we served the community. We served Tampa. We served St. Pete, and we we served everybody. And uh, and certainly the high school coaches. You know, right. right. And you have to bend over backwards and, and 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 gain trust. You know, so there's a lot of things that were pretty special, and I enjoyed sharing that. Yeah. I want to hit a couple more things, and we'll get you out of here. TCU with a huge win yeah. in Austin. I mean, what? A, I mean, kind of the, the the script of the game was completely different than what it had been. TCU have been scoring a bunch of points, been coming from behind. This is a low-scoring defensive battle in Austin. Uh, TCU gets out of there. I think it was 17-10 to 10 was the final, I believe. What a job by uh, a guy you know. Again, Sonny Dykes, former guy you worked with. What a job there going to Austin and getting it done. Well, you know, the, it, it surprised me because, you know, i tell you right now, let's just be honest, TCU's defense played great. Yeah. And, and that, to me, was the difference of the game. And, you know, where their defense has played good, 
but not like that. That was right. more of a staggering effort. And you got to give them a lot of credit for that. You know, and now Texas, Texas's defense rose up also. They did. And did a great job. Uh, but offensively, Texas was out of sync all night and never could get into a rhythm. And and either could um TCU on offense. Yep. It it did surprise me. I didn't I didn't think it would be a game like that. And I didn't think it was gonna be outrageously scoring, you know, fest. Right. But uh but I did not expect it to be uh the low scoring game it was, you know, and Texas scores on defense. I mean that it was um yeah, that was something else. I was I was a little surprised, but give TCU a lot of credit. You know, now they go to Baylor. And that, and then they've got Iowa State. And Iowa State has struggled this year, but Iowa State's still Iowa State. They're tough, but they got them. They got them at TCU. Yep. So if they can get through Baylor, and Baylor is not the same Baylor team they were last year. Yep. But still a good football team, and uh, and TCU needs to beat them obviously to get in the playoffs. But they win these last two, then they got the championship game. Look uh, out! Look out! Just Cinderella. Don't it's interesting now what's going on because how about LSU? Right. You know? They survived. They survived. Arkansas, that that's tough. Arkansas is a good football team. Yep. You know? And then look at the Alabama beating Ole Miss. Yeah. What a great game that was. And, you know, I mean, Ole Miss had them. They I had did. them they by did. one. You know, they're down by six and right there to score. And that's the game I watched mostly, and I was um, – man, it was – there were some great games, and there's going to continue this time of year. That's why college football is so exciting and, you know, um, fun to watch. No, I want to I I end our chat this week on – I want to talk about the NFL, NFL note. One, your 49ers with a big defensive effort in the second half last night on Sunday Night Football to come back and beat uh, the Chargers, a guy you know, Justin Herbert, a little bit. Um, you know, how cool was it to watch, you know, just watch a guy you knew know so well have so much success in the NFL? Well, Justin's a special person, you know, and I when I was at Oregon, you know, he was on our team for the two years I was there, and Justin and I became very close, his brother and his mom and dad. And uh uh I just I can't say enough good things about Justin Herbert. People he is so talented, six six, two forty, can run throw, and we all know how talented he is. But I want to tell you something. He's a better human being. Yeah. You know, uh, I texted him earlier this year and I said, Justin, can you send me, uh, you know, a, a signed something for my daughter, Sophia? And, uh, you know, I first asked for a jersey and then I felt really embarrassed because, you know, he's not going to do something like that. He's too busy. He's got a million people going to ask him for things. Right. So I if you could just sign anything, a piece of paper, anything. And then I felt bad about even asking him. He sends me this unbelievable jersey, authentic jersey, signs his name, and it says, to Sophia. Nice. It was, and Sophia, you should see, she was so happy. And I told Justin, I, I just couldn't thank him enough. And he's just a special person. He really is. And they lost a close game there, and yep. he did a lot of pressure on Justin at the end there and hit his arm on that one interception at the end. At the end, yeah. But I, I coached in San Francisco, but I was kind of pulling for her at the Chargers. <laughs> I, I know their head coach well, too, Staley, who was at um, 
at Denver Broncos with uh, Vic Fangio. So I, yeah. I've known him. And um, so I was kind of pulling for them, but you know, either good, way, good defensive game, really good by both teams. Good defensive game all around. Right. It really was. It was really, it was a fun game to watch at the end there. What'd you think of the wild finish in Buffalo, Buffalo, Minnesota? Um, what a, what a wild ending. I mean, the unbelievable catches by Justin Jefferson. Let's talk about the goal line situation at the end. Buffalo had stopped Minnesota basically on the half yard line with about a minute to go in the game. How much do you guys ever practice getting off your goal line like that in the snap that Buffalo fumbles the snap Minnesota recovers for a touchdown. Just talk to the audience about the mechanics of that kind of play. When you have to get the ball off your goal line it's not a kneel down. You can't kneel down or it would have been a safety. You have to actually run a, run a play. And, and, and Josh Allen and Buffalo, they fumbled the snap there. You know, the um, uh, you, you practice all that. It's called a black zone. I called it the black zone. Anything from the goal line out to the 10. And, uh, you know, if you if you know your head coach, if he's worth anything, you're going to practice all those situations. Okay. Have to put your, you have to put your offense in a situation right there on the goal line coming off off the goal line and and same thing going in you know all those things they practice red zone a lot more and the six and the three and going in but you got to practice the black zone as well and the day before the game i always practice black zone with the defense with the scout team and I always try to draw them off sides and do those type of things that's all practiced and it's all set up and, and you know hopefully you're organized enough to do all that and pay attention to all that now, at the end of the game, though, I thought Josh Allen, I was surprised he ran the ball twice and got down there. I kind of was hoping he'd run it again, keep running it. Yeah. You know, because right. I'm not so sure he would have got in, you know, and then he throws a pick that was bad interception. Kind of, you you got you to be fair. It's a bad interception. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, I guess last few games he's done that a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my background, I we we I was a defense coordinator at Oregon when he was at Wyoming, and we played him. Okay. And we played right before Arizona State game. We end up playing against him really well. He was like nine for twenty four, and we end up beating Wyoming pretty good. But boy, was I worried about that guy. He's so <laughs> big and such a great arm, and and our defense just played well. You know, at it was at Wyoming. Yeah. And we're on the field. They say you are at seven thousand elevation. You know. And, <laughs> It was, but it was, um, it was a great experience to face him because I, because I had a chance to watch all the film before the game and he was, he's so talented. You just so talented. Arm, you can just see the arm talent, the arm talent and the physical and the physical skill. People don't realize this guy's six four two forty and can run through people like it's like he's a bulldozer. He's not afraid to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's one that's going to look for the contact, you know, so which uh, you saw in the game. So that's a great. There's some great NFL games, and excited about the Bucks. You know they're in first place now, yes. and it's a little different than it was two weeks ago. And uh, I can't wait. I'm, you know, I've got tickets to go to the rest of the game, so I'm uh, I'm excited to see them finish it out and see how they do. That was a big win for the Bucks going into their bye week to get to five and five. Dude. Atlanta losing now they're clearly in first place. I think you're going to see the Bucks make a little move here. They're not going to probably win the rest of their games, but I think they're going to make a little run here. They got a little confidence on offense yesterday. They got a little Julio Jones got involved a little bit. God went back in the mix, and they ran the ball, Coach. They ran yeah. the ball. The guy you know, Rashad White, Arizona State, ran the ball. Right. I, I'm telling you, I, and, and 
um, that I really enjoyed it. And uh, you see, you take that trip, you go all the way to Germany, lose. Yeah, that's 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 hard. You go there and win, man. You got to sit on that victory, and it's it's nice, no you bad. know. And it was Seattle, right? They, yep. I mean, with Seattle is they have to fly back and then go all the way back to Seattle. I don't know what their schedule is, but usually both teams will have a bye week. Man, that's a lot of traveling for them to have to sit on that game and um you know but i saw bits and pieces of it i didn't see all of it but i saw some of the replays but yeah they're making a run they are all right coach well great job this week coach we're we're getting to the final couple weeks so we got some more great games to talk about we'll be back here next week coaching the kicker segment coach jim levick thanks for the time and have a great week all right we'll see you jason okay bye-bye are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall First-time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation, reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.